We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. NFL Pick 6 Show, Week 17, sponsored by Thrive. We'll tell you about Thrive later on the show. If you're watching, listening to us live, watching us on the YouTube, we're coming a little bit early. So, uh, yeah, jumping in early because uh, Daigle's got to watch Giannis Antetokounmpo do his thing tonight in basketball tonight. Of course, that's John Daigle from 4 for 4, Betsperts. We got Rich Rebar, the very spelt Rich Rebar, sharp football analysis. Daigle, uh, 3 o'clock show. I was checking the YouTube comments last week, and every once in a while i got to pop in there and see if anybody has anything to say interesting. And uh, Luis Jose Lopez says, quick question. You guys uh, you guys will shoot at night because everyone is just drinking. Everybody's drinking on the show. And you confirm this? Is this – are we drinking in the afternoon now? Are we day drinking? What are we doing now? <laughs> I, I confirm to defend y'all, it's me who's always drinking on the show, and I know it. And, no, it's only three, yeah, it's only 2 p.m. here in Chicago now. So no alcohol, just a coffee, but we'll jump into the wine right after this, I'm sure, to pregame for Giannis being in town, which is, again, I would love to tell you it's a serious matter, but no, we're just recording early because it's week 17 and I want to go see Giannis. That's it. I'm greedy. 
a man a man wins the movie contest and suddenly thinks he can pick everything. I defended you. I think it's a justifiable reason. Absolutely. And we have no issues. We're, we're flexible here, obviously. I'm missing the UCF Duke military bowl game right now. Proud of UCF. It's not exactly a national championship game, but uh, UCF is playing Duke, I believe, in their second quarter. 10-3, the Blue Devils. I, I bet it, man. So, uh, you know, <laughs> I've got it on and I got an eye on it. We're, we're keeping an eye on it. Did you bet you, Duke? I bet the under. Like a under, okay. <laughs> what was the total? I don't even know. But it's 10 half. So we're, we're pacing all right, but it's college football. You never know, man. There you go. All right. Um, Rebar, how are, how are things in your world? Everything all good? Good, man. Holidays were good. We're about to be over to a new year. I, I've submitted the week 17 worksheet, so I have one left, and it's a condensed version. So I'm feeling a little bit lighter. Uh, <laughs> we're almost there, man. We're all close. And weird stuff's starting to happen, right? Like we got the Derek Carr news before the show. Uh, we're at that stage of the season where just like teams are done. We're going to see some guys sit out, all kinds of weird stuff. Injury reports would not have mattered if we waited another five hours to do this show. Uh, no. Because it's just going to be chaos this week. Dago, did you take your victory lap? Because I saw you put a tweet out maybe like two hours ago basically saying this looks fishy with the Raiders. Their team total has dipped drastically. And then like half hour later, the news came out that Carr was benched in lieu of Jarrett Stidham. Uh, we did also see, for what it's worth, Colt McCoy did pass his concussion protocol, expected to play week 17. But you were on that. Did you happen to wager any American dollars uh, in, in any, uh, no, any way? Or No dollars wagered. Also, no victory laps in this house. We've done this job too long to know victory laps only come back to bite you in the end. So none of that. But I did note it in the recap podcast that we saved at the 4 for 4 feed, the most accurate podcast, until Monday afternoon, citing that, Everyone pretty much knew that Derek Carr had that injury out. Like if after the Super Bowl, if he could not pass a physical, his money was actually guaranteed because he was injured in the last two games. So it's something the Raiders are clearly trying to avoid now. And it sounds like with him having a no trade clause, we're just at the time of the year, like Rich said, to where we already know he's going elsewhere next year. Yeah, I mean, according to Twitter, he's already on the Colts. Is that like, is that where the smart money is? Well, well, to be fair, like, because I had a Colts fan get my mentions when I tweeted something about it. And I said, listen, buddy, keep it in the holster. Like, we're going to make the same joke for every mid level QB in the Colts. Like, wait, Baker Mayfield to have a turn. Like, whatever mid level quarterback's available, we're going to put him on the Colts. So just like, just slow down. Like, we're, we're just having fun here. He might be too young for the Colts. We get a couple more years. I don't know. It's we'll true. see. <laughs> Stay tuned. Uh, 13 gamer, no longer a 10 game slate. 13 games, of course, no Thursday night game, no Sunday night game, no Monday night game. Kind of a bummer. I was hoping we can get Buffalo and Cincy on the main slate. That looks like a fun one for sure. Uh, main slate, only one game above uh, 50 as far as the total. I should say one game above 48 as far as team, uh, total. We'll be talking about it. It is the return, John. The, the, the Lions are home. So the Lions are they're, they're sponsoring the podcast once again. They're back to their rightful spot. First game on the slate, the Bears in Detroit, in the Dome, 52 and a half. You know, this is a – it's their rightful spot. But welcome back to the Lions. Uh, we're talking about the Lions again. John, lead the way. Our pick line returns, probably because all of the falling knives across the rest of the league. But also you look up and the Lions have a 29 and a half point team total. They are back indoors where Jared Goff has, of course, thrown – 20 touchdowns this year compared to only six on the road. Goff, who 
surprisingly did spike that QB2 finish overall against the Panthers this past game because he was a negative game script for basically the last three quarters. But 353 touchdowns has now been a top five quarterback in three of his last four games. And again, we're back indoors. The real question here is, can the Bears carry their weight? Will Justin Fields play again? I don't even think waiting till Wednesday night we would have had to answer that considering if he got, had gotten closer in the polar weather that I refuse to go to, even in, even in being free to go to that Saturday morning game on Christmas weekend, there was no way in hell you're going to catch me out there. And I can't believe people bought tickets to it. <laughs> but in spraining his ankle in that game and only rushing for 11 yards against Buffalo, we do have to question like if he's even limited, uh, will they just bench him overall for the next two weeks since the number one overall pick is still right there for the taking for them as the Texans continue to play better every single game. So whether we get some push from the Bears or not, not sure, but I am confident in playing the Lions offense in a variety of ways, including golf, regardless. Is Amon Ra St. Brown's at the first place you want to start? You want to start as far as the running game, if you're going to you know, roster yourself some Lions. 29 teams total, one of the biggest on the board this week. And St. Brown, of course, only six touchdowns down the year because it just seems like Thanos has it out for him just – perpetually, inevitably getting tackled at the one-yard line every single game, which also, because that has not happened the past few weeks, Jamal Williams now you see with less than six fantasy points in three consecutive games as well, since he doesn't catch passes. Yeah, Amonra is the place where we start. Uh, I'm not expecting Shane Zilstra to have three touchdowns again out of nowhere. And then from beyond that, you know, Jamal Williams is also battling this injury he has. He was limited as of Wednesday, I believe, last I checked. And so DeAndre Swift, single-digit touches in six of his last eight games. We, even though he's always rostered in tournaments because people keep citing his, his upside and getting ahead of it, uh, of course he becomes chalky if Jamal Williams is out. If not, I may still find a way to pivot off of golf and just play the touchdown game that I know Rich hates with Jamal Williams. Yeah, Rich, jump back in here as far as the Lions. Amon Ra, your guy, everybody's guy at this point this season. He's going to be chalky once again. Lions still playing for something. Uh, monster total in the Dome, 24% chance to make the playoffs, according to uh, Nate Silver in 538. Um, how do you get away from Amon Ra? Like, it's in cash games. Like, I feel like he's one of the first players you put in. I assume we'll have salary by the end of the week. Um, are you I'm, – I'm guessing you're still on board as far as Amon Ra? Yeah, and cash game especially. I mean, he had 10 catches against them earlier in the year. Uh, Bears allowing 10.4 yards per target to opposing slot receivers. That's 30th in the league, 30th in touchdown rate. I mean, he is, to his peers, he is a little different because he's more like kind of apex Keenan Allen. I mean, he's only averaging 6.3 air yards per target. uh, Doesn't get any deep targets downfield, so he does have to run hot on volume uh, to get there. He's that kind of player. Uh, I think if you do want to get different tournaments, I think DJ Shark is, is right back in play here. Uh, you know, kind of ran into a couple bad matchups the last couple weeks, but still got there last week. I mean, he has uh, 29.4% of team air yards in his games played. It's allowed him to hit 90 yards in three of his past four games. And the Bears are allowing a 40% completion rate on throws 20 yards or further downfield. Uh, that's where 32% of Sharks targets come. Uh, so definitely some upside, I think, with Shark where he's priced too. If you want to, you know, go that route and get, get in with some doubles like we did a couple weeks ago when they faced the Vikings. And I don't necessarily blame like the young players for the Bears, but it's just clear that since they traded both Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn, like that's when the crumbling really started happening here. And now since that time, since week nine, 
152 rushing yards allowed per game, a league-high 32 points per game when no other team is allowing over 30 in that time as well. Like It's just the fact that the Bears' defense, you can get them however you want, which makes the Lions' offense, the way we stack it, so intriguing. The Jamison Williams thing, I just pulled up his stat count, and it's just not happening, I guess. Eleven percent slow playing it. He's, you know, they've got they've got Shark as a bridge. You know, they they're just giving him a couple shot plays a game. You know, a couple deep routes, and if he gets a target, he gets a target. But I, I think it's commendable how they've handled the, the situation. They they have a luxury, right? Is it an ACL he's coming off of? It's ACL, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, they. I guess if they want to push it for the playoffs, or I, I suppose they think that like. They're, they have competent receivers, so it's not necessary. Is that also part of it as well? Yeah. Okay. Um, the Swift thing, that's also kind of sort of – I mean, the Swift-Williams-Jackson, the three-headed monster, I guess we'll call it. Do you want to mess with that, uh, Rich? You know, you want to bet on uh, the likes of St. Brown, like falling on, you know, the one-yard line and Williams getting – siphoning a touchdown or two, and that's basically how you get there with Jamal. Um, you know, it's hard well, to listen, the fantasy, The fantasy community – has long not needed much to play DeAndre Swift. We've seen it repeatedly, right, yes. over the course of the season. Like, all I need is, like, a crack in the door. Because it used to be, for the last month, right, it's been, hey, DeAndre Swift's not on the injury report. Like, you know, that's been the argument. It's like, cool, well, he wasn't on it last week either. And then you say, hey, DeAndre Swift, like, the most <laughs> snaps played since week one. Like, oh, Jamal Williams is hurt. Like, we've, we've like, all we've needed is, like, a little crack in the door, and everyone just keeps going right back to DeAndre Swift because we know where the upside lies. So, like, this week he's going to easily get there. His price against this Bears defense, like, the Bears just allowed 250 rushing yards to the Bills. Uh, they're allowing 149 rushing uh, total yards per game to running backs, about 18 touchdowns to running backs. Like, we don't need much to get there. Like, he's going to be really popular. And DraftKings has had him kind of just, like, priced in that dead zone. So, like, people have always been looking to, like, shop in that area. Uh, they don't need much push here to get to DeAndre Swift. John, how do you feel about Swift? Uh, especially if he gets some ownership. Again, he's, you know, if they're up 10, right? Let's say the Lions are up 10 in the start of the fourth quarter. Is it Swift grinding it out? Is it Jackson grinding it out? Is It's most likely maybe Jamal. We'll see. His, his uh, snap, like, snap count has gone down as well. Um or is it just a combination of those? There's only a way of reading that. And I think Jamal's snap count went down solely because he got injured this past game. Uh, if, it's simply, right. if it's simply 10, I, I think they're still mixing all three up. It really just depends on where ownership comes in on them, honestly, because I could see myself maybe getting to Swift, especially 5-3 on DraftKings. But honestly, again, 5K uh, on DraftKings, more expensive on FanDuel. I think Jamal Williams is, even though he's not going to catch passes, I still think he's a pretty solid player. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, Rich, you talked about the the Lions uh, giving not not the Lions, the Bears getting roasted on the ground last week. I think the Lions got roasted more. I feel like they got roasted more. They, they undid just about uh, all the goodwill they've yeah. built out for everyone citing like how good they've been against the buy uh, since the yeah. buy against the run. I think that's all out the window now. Is the truth somewhere in the middle? Like they can't be Probably, that bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they can't be that good either. And the Bears. And Carolina's, like, legit just good at running the football, too. Like, there's some teams that we know are just going to run the ball every week, right, and run it well. Like, Atlanta's been that team all year. Like, Atlanta has has, – they can have a crummiest matchup, right, and you know, like, they're going to run it right because the scheme. Carolina's really turned into that team, especially under Steve Wilkes. Steve Wilkes, like, they're just – they're running the ball on everybody pretty much. I was going to – put them as our third game because picking a third game this week was really hard, but <laughs> I, I refuse to acknowledge the Bucks. We do not talk about the Bucks. That's a good call. I I, I can second that for sure. Uh, the Bears are going to want to run the ball with fields, without fields, whatever this quarterback is. Uh, and we saw the Lions, at least last week, they were vulnerable to it. They're solid before that. 
Truth, you know, somewhere in the middle, but that's a wide gap for sure. Uh, if we're running it back, this is the biggest total in on the board here, yeah. Rich. Um, I, it's hard to get excited about a lot of the pieces in Chicago. I guess Montgomery is the clear and obvious run back, but also Montgomery, you know, they're going to be a touchdown dog, which theoretically, generally, not the ideal spot to run back with, with, with running backs. But, like, okay, do you want to play some Claypool or some Pringle or some Pettis who sucked out with a touchdown last week? Um, well, it's not good. Matt. Uh, I guess you can play some Cole Komet. You can do that too. He's you know? really the only guy, right? I mean, because we saw with Khalil Herbert come back. I mean, we saw 20 touches from Dave Montgomery, but there was a dip, uh, you know, in his touch count and his snap count, share of backfield touches. Uh, he he had still had 71% of the backfield touches, but he was at 88%, 85% prior. You know, that's always been the Dave Montgomery we want, right? Like the locked in to like he's going to get every touch roll. And now Herbert has a game under his belt. We might see him get back to closer to that split that they were in. I mean, when these teams played early in the year, it was a dead 50-50 split. They each had 10 touches, and no one really got there in that game. I mean, they combined for 101 yards in that game. So kind of a like you said, it's a tricky spot here for the Bears because we don't really want to play any of these guys, right? And, I, you know, I tongue-in-cheek said, Komet, I mean, he's kind of there. He had the two touchdowns against them early in the year. Like, tight ends continually get there against the Lions. But, like, are you ever excited to, like, just, like, plug Komet in your lineups? Uh, you know, no. He just – the yardage really isn't there for him on a weekly basis. If you don't get the touchdowns, like, are you ever getting there? It's just really tough. But uh, they have a lot – the Lions, that is, have a lot of league high 10.2% touchdown rate to opposing tight ends, 8.2 yards for target, which is 26 if you want to go that route. Uh, yeah, it's tough. It's tough to really glom on to any individual Bears pieces. You just hope that they find a way to keep doing it like they do kind of every week. I mean, opening drive of the game last week, I'm like, man, they just went right down the field on the Bills. Mm-hmm. You know, Dante Pettis catches a touchdown. You're like, oh, my goodness. Like, this Bears team, like, they just they just got a good scheme. It's working. And then did absolutely nothing the rest of that game. That's why if Fields is in, even with that injury, if he's in, I assume that means he's not going to be limited. And he's pretty hot on this slate if he plays because I think everyone else would be scared for recency bias and because of the injury. Um, again, like those 11 yards didn't help us out since he's still now 196 yards shy of Lamar Jackson's single season rushing record. Probably can't get it. But also remember, he had 142 touchdowns last time rushing against this Lions defense when they played. So I'd be interested in fields and commit, like Rich said, his five touchdowns still were in that three-game stretch. No other touchdown in any other game around that time. But he's in that weird spot on Fanduel, like 5,300. People can get to that. The the Friermuth zone, the 4,500 on DraftKings, where no one ever gets to, that one's like where it's sneaky because either I, everyone punts or goes all the way up to Andrews or Kelsey or Hawkinson now. Yeah, Hawkinson's been at – he's broken two slates this year, uh, and he's – I heard somebody say what is 17, you know, 17 week. If you scale it out, uh, Minnesota, like 110 catches or something like that for a season long. He's, he's been an awesome uh, acquisition for them and uh, kind of a bargain if you've been playing him of late, but yeah, we'll talk about him on DK soon enough. Actually, that's in our next game. We got anything else here, John, like your favorite run back on Chicago. Let's say fields doesn't go and you're forced to run somebody back on Chicago. Who would it be? Is it, is it just commit by default? Unfortunately, I think it'd have to be commit and just play the touchdown game on FanDuel. On DraftKings, I'm probably looking elsewhere. I maybe even play naked. I maybe even play Lions defense instead and correlate it that way if you do think, like, the, the Bears are banged up. We're just going to ignore Shane Zilstra at 2.8K? <laughs> I mean, the, the, we, the one thing that Shane Zilstra showed that's been constant is the Lions, when they get in, like, inside the 5 and inside the 10, like, they use those tight ends, man. I mean, since they traded Hawkinson, their tight ends have, have 27 total catches. 
but they have seven touchdowns. Uh, and five of them are inside the five-yard line, just one longer than seven yards, which was the Brock Wright one against the Jets. But, like, they're that's, like, a part of their offense, legit. Like, they're throwing the tight ends down there. Which is amazing, considering they were not throwing to T.J. Hawkinson down there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> T.J. Hawkinson was holding back Shane Zilstra, apparently. <laughs> no uh, no one's expecting it from those guys. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we mentioned golf and passing. Will we play golf in tournaments? Is that something we're, we're into doing? Sure. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, these teams played what? They had a 61-point game earlier in the year. Goff in that game threw for nine yards per pass attempt. He completed 73% of his passes. They just gave all the touchdowns were rushing touchdowns, right? That's yeah. kind of and that's the whole crux when you go to like Goff's road splits. Goff's been fine on the road. It's just they have a bunch of rushing touchdowns. The Lions have scored a bunch of points on the road. Like people keep always keep citing their like stats on the road. Like they they scored 31 on the road against the Bears, 31 on the road against the Giants. Like it's all been kind of opponent driven. Like they played they played at New England when they had nobody healthy and got shut out. They played the Jets on the road. Like the, and they played the Cowboys when Amon Ra got hurt 10 snaps in the game. Like like those are your road splits. And the theme this week, we talk about it every week, but really this week DraftKings and took Christmas off and just didn't touch anyone's price. Uh, unless you're Richie James, who everyone played, they just didn't <laughs> care at all. So Goff is still just 5,600 perpetually this week. We have Minnesota facing the Packers. 48, 48 and a half is the total. Green Bay, three-point favorite here. Uh, Green Bay fighting for their lives as far as making the playoffs. They still do have a chance. Minnesota, I believe, is essentially locked into their spot. They have a, such, they have a mathematical shot to get that first round by, but almost definitely it's going to go to Philadelphia. We'll see on that. Stay tuned. Um, yeah, I'll throw this to you, uh, you, Rich, as far as opening this up. Minnesota versus Green Bay. A little bit concerned as far as Jones uh, kind of beat up last week, was on the, the trainer's table for a bit. He seemed to come out of game kind of hobbling as well. Uh, we don't really know where, where he's going to be. We assume, I guess, what for the sake of the conversation, assume he's good to go. But just worth noting, Wednesday afternoon, talking about the Packers, Rich. Yeah, I mean, this game is the, I mean, it's the Vikings, right? Like the Vikings are like the Lions, like for us, right? Like they just, they play in these games every week. They can't stop anybody. They've got electric players on offense. Uh, since week 10, the Packers are allowing a league high 6.3 yards per play. The Vikings are 30th over that same span. So we're expecting there to be scoring. And the Vikings can't run the football anymore. I mean, since week 11, they're having just 3.4 yards per carry on running back carries. Only the Houston Texans are worse. Uh, the Packers would seem to be a matchup to invite them to be able to do that. But we thought about the, that against the Giants last week, right? And they've just really swerved into being pass heavy. Uh, Kirk Cousins has thrown 143 passes the past three weeks. They are 6% above pass rate expectation of it. So it's not just all game script like them just kind of trying to come back against the Colts in that 33 half, 33-0 halftime game. Um, they're just throwing the ball, man. They're just winging it around. And you look at you know, their receivers. We talked about TJ Hawkins a little bit. TJ Hawkinson is fourth in the NFL in routes run since getting traded. Like there's yeah. a, there's just a massive volume here for this offense. Justin Jefferson is first. Uh, you know, Adam Thielen is, is third. Like they're just throwing the ball a lot. And that's what we like. They don't, they don't stop anybody and they've got an efficient passing game. Right. So the question is, can the, is that going to help Aaron Rodgers? Because we've had Aaron Rodgers, now in multiple spots. We he's trying faced, to get on Sunday too. He's faced the Lions. He's faced the Bears. He's faced the Titans. He faced the Dolphins again this past week. And like he he's not getting there. Like this past game's not getting there. They're not they're not putting up any type of a punch. 
in terms of like, uh, you know, scoring a lot of points. And it's kind of bogged these games down. So we need the Packers to kind of be electric here too. And we're hoping the Vikings are just bad enough to allow it. It's so what do you think is the oh, – go ahead. I'll say it's so frustrating too because Brian Dable changed his game plan and allowed Daniel Jones to throw 42 times knowing the Vikings secondary is the weakness and where you attack them. But again, like Rodgers, the fact he hasn't reached 300 yards in any game this year, we keep like Justin Herbert in fantasy, not in real life, but in fantasy, we keep wish casting like the Packers offense into something they just aren't. And they have battled a lot of injuries. Christian Watson, DMP as of Wednesday as well, which takes a lot of pop out of this offense and may lead to some cheap plays for us to stuff in between Randall Cobb, Romeo Dobbs, this goes on and on. But yeah, it's just the fact that the Packers offense, although they are have been much better in, in EPA for drop back top five since week 10. Like for fantasy, it translates to nothing. It feels like a great spot for Watson. If he can go, if he's a full go uh, question for both of you guys, I'm kind of framing this and, you know, Rich sort of set this up and all the good matchups we've seen this year for Rogers. Uh, what's the highest, give me his highest DK score of the week. Give me the number you think his highest DK score has been the entire season for one week. What do you, I'll, I'll let John go first. His highest finish was QB7, and that's the only time he's finished inside the top 11 all year. I think it was week seven. I could be wrong. But uh, I, I will go 26 and a half points. Okay, yeah. You're, you're speaking season long term, which, by the way, I have a season long question in the YouTube, YouTube chat that I want to get to in a second. What's up, YouTube chat? Thank you for joining us. Now. Hit that like button. Let us know in the comment section if you want us to come back for the playoffs because right now it's teetering. We're on the fence. We don't know. Uh, let us know in the comment section. Hit that like button as well. Uh, Rich, C26, you want to raise it? You want to go lower? We want to go prices right style? We think he's way too high? The biggest score for Aaron Rodgers, a DK scoring this year. Well, he, he doesn't have a 300-yard game, right? No. Correct. Yeah, so he didn't get the bonus. So, yeah, I would say it's probably a little lower. Uh, I would say it's probably a little bit lower than that. Uh, he was what? Maybe the Titans game or is it the Cowboys game or the Titans game? It was the Cowboys game. It's got to be the Cowboys. Right. It's got to be yeah. So, yeah, probably a little bit lower, maybe right around 20. Yeah, 20.36 is his biggest output this season. Just worthless. Just if you X them out every single week, you're, you're ahead of the game. Just I mean, he's, his, 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 he's thrown for 222 yards per game. That's the lowest in his career as a starter. His 6.8 yards per pass attempt. He only has one year as a starter lower than that. And there's still probably room to get there, especially if Christian Watson doesn't play. I mean, He's just the offense, like Daniel said, like they're, they're in efficiency metrics, they've been good and they're scoring points, but they're scoring them slow and they're not like they don't have a lot of electric plays outside of Christian Watson if he doesn't play. Uh, one thing that though will be interesting about this matchup though is the Vikings have thrown a lot at the walls here. Like they've really tried to like fix their defense, like they're trying different things. And they've really switched to playing a ton of man coverage, and it's made it even worse. Uh, the past three weeks, they played man coverage on 32% of opponent passing plays uh, that's the fourth highest rate in the league prior to that they had played man coverage of just 11 percent of passing plays it was 31st in the league uh and they began absolutely crushed that's significant because it does open up like a guy like alan lazard who has significant splits versus man versus zone he's been targeted on 27 percent of his routes against man coverage just 15 percent against zone coverage and we saw those splits and play again last week against the dolphins he just he dropped a bad one and was open for another one that rogers missed him on um, and then Lazard has run 250 routes this season with Watson off the field, and he's been targeted on 22% of those compared to just 18% with Watson in the game. So 
there is an opportunity, I think, here for Lazard to kind of go overlooked. I mean, he's he's clearly the guy that's going to be on the field the most here. And I think a lot of people are going to immediately just go to Romeo Dobbs. If Watson doesn't play, I think people will be in. I, I, I suppose that's going to matter. And, again, that's a question we'll answer later on in the week. But, yeah, Romeo's 4-7 on Deacon Lazard, 5-4. Yeah. Uh, Watson, 5-9. Uh, season-long question in chat. And, like, you guys are season-long. You know, you're, you're obviously uh, well – Honed in on that. I can't believe this is a question. I kind of sort of somewhat understand it, but come on, what are we doing? Uh, question here in chat from Richie. I'll ask you, John. Feel free to disagree, Rich. Uh, <laughs> Goff, Goff or Mahomes in the finals? What are, what are we doing? You're, you play Mahomes. I know he's playing Denver, but what are we doing? It's to, to the only way to justify the question is that the last three weeks, it makes sense. Everyone panics. It's the playoffs. Everyone overreacts in the playoffs because you have to win. I get it. We're all worried about every little matchup. You don't overthink it. Play Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and anytime there's like a hot name like on the in the community, like last year, last week it was Minshew. You know, I answered a ton of start set Minshew questions on yeah. my Sunday chat. And, that, and like people wanted to play like Josh. Like, do I play him over Josh Allen, right? You know, because the weather was in play last week. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, it looks like we have no weather bullshit to deal with this week. Well, you know, fingers crossed we're far away, but it looks like we're going to be okay. Even that Buffalo-Cincinnati game, it's like, well, what's the weather going to be like? It looks like we're going, we're trending well. So Good. it looks like we don't have to deal with that this week. But, yeah, anytime there's like a hot buzzworthy name, sometimes it's a running back, sometimes it's a receiver. Like people are like, oh, well, I have to play that guy, right? Like he's the trendy play. And Goff's kind of in that mode right now. But, yeah, I mean, listen, Patrick was just due for 300 yards against the Broncos. It also doesn't help that literally if your fantasy team was good, like if you were the number one seed last week because your team was good, you probably lost because every good player in fantasy was not good. Like it was it was murder's row if you had players that mattered last week. Also, if you watch the Broncos at, at Christmas, like they're done, man. They're, they, like, they're not insane. showing up. <laughs> they ain't showing up to this game. Do you think they're going to Arrowhead and they're showing up? That Jerry Judy about to show up, but the rest of that's why we couldn't talk about that game either. Because outside of Jerry Judy, uh, try to get anywhere else in that game. Just try it. Fourteen point line. Yeah, of course they fired their coach as well. Which you know that's the, the first, first league I mean, The like linemen weren't even helping Russ up after sacks. Like it's done, man. <laughs> it's toxic. It is real toxic there. Baker well, they were things, right? About like, why are you helping him up, basically? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude, Baker Mayfield threw for he threw like two incompletions. Uh, Cam Akers is running for three touchdowns. Like they're done there. Eight, eight, 18 of Baker's twenty-eight throws were within five yards of the line of scrimmage, and the Broncos just couldn't stop it. It was pathetic. <laughs> there are already stories out there about Russ getting cut, like his two hundred fifty mil guarantee. This is year one. I don't know how real that is. I'm not saying it's like a salary cap. Uh, you know, uh, savant, but like, I, I knew, I know it's a big hit as far as cap wise. Is that a real thing or are people just sort of like just throwing it out there for the sake of clicks? It It's definitely a real thing. And I don't want to pretend with certainty that Russell will be back since like we've done this now the last right. couple of years with David Johnson getting traded, Todd Gurley getting cut, Jared Goff getting traded. Everyone says, oh, AJ Brown getting traded. Everyone it, says like, it can't happen. These it takes can are always, always wrong. It can always happen. Yes. Um, having said that, it would be a record whether it ha- like if it happened since Matt Ryan's dead cap, it was 40 and a half million. Russ is over double that if he got to get rid of him this year. And then Carson Wentz's contract was 28 and a half million guaranteed that Washington took on for one year. Russ would clearly be three X that. So it would be a record, but I'm definitely not saying it won't happen. Now, the yeah. biggest thing with Russ is just now like 
how many, how often has a guy like his age and having the year he had, like there will be some positive regression and regression to the mean to his career, I'm sure. But like, how often do you see like a 34 year old quarterback just like brick and like come back, right? Like, that's he always thing. kind of overachieved, right? He always kind of got more out of what he was, you know, undersized, that kind of thing. And wasn't, you know, I don't think he was a day one draftee out of what, Wisconsin or NC State. He went to both, right? Both. Um, yeah, you know, he had a great run, but I, it feels like, it, you know, he's a little bit slower and whatever sort of edges he had are kind of gone. And, you know, shout out to Pete Carroll in Seattle for siphoning it. The trade they pulled off is, is spectacular. I, and, uh, yeah, go ahead. I can't think about it all too much because, like, if we start getting into this time in August when we were trying to fit in Daryl Henderson to every lineup and just all the useless stuff that proves my life is meaningless from August to, <laughs> to December. Um, but I will, I do think it's funny that like now with Derek Carr gone after the end of the year, Russell Wilson, we'll see what happens there. The chargers took until week 16 to even get to the playoffs. Like all those teams rebeefed to compete with the chiefs and yeah. not a single one of them was even close, not even close. Uh, as far as Minnesota, we kind of touched on them. How much are we prioritizing Hawkinson? Because a lot of people, especially depending on how tight the cap may or may not be, and we don't really know that until you know when Sunday rolls around with some surprise, surprise, surprise scratches and you know different wonkiness when you know the week seventeen brings. But Rich, how much are we prioritizing Hawkinson? He's been spectacular so far for Minnesota. Yeah, I think it's his performance has been a little oversold. I think it's been a lot volume driven. Uh, he's still, I mean, he's only averaging six point one yards per target. Uh, since he joined the Vikings, it's just they're they're running a ton of routes and the, and he's and he's found some targets as a byproduct. He, last week was the first like real spike week he had. Like he was just kind of like Minnesota Zach Ertz, right? Like that's when he he went over there and was just getting a lot of opportunity, catching enough passes, and was by default that's going to make you like a top five tight end, like Zach Ertz was. But there wasn't really anything exciting. And then last week came along. And it was like, all right, this now the ceiling has all come together, right? And, and, but, like, can you chase that? Packers only allowing three and a half catches per game to tight ends. Uh, that's second in the NFL, six and a half yards per target, seventh. They have a lot, a lot of touchdowns to tight ends, though, if you want to chase that. But if Hawkins is going to be really popular and people are going to chase that, I, I think it, I think I'm going to leave that on the table, too, especially at tight end. Uh, I'm never going to play the popular tight end, ever. And last week, indoors, in a week where three or four games we talked about were due to weather. So Hawkinson at his relatively cheap salary, 6K at the position, um, was cheap on FanDuel as well. Like it made sense people mm -hmm. got there as a run back with the Giants offense. But I mean, like, like Rich said, the eight games with the Vikings, he's only averaging 14.3 fantasy points. So like it may, it may seem like a lot, but it's genuinely not like George Kittle, who's now killed us the last two weeks. That's who knocked me out of my uh, – actually, I was in the championship. Our championship was one week earlier for the Roto-Grinders final, but that, that, that's who gave me the final uh, punch out there. Uh, Hawkinson, for what it's worth, Fandle got the alert 7K this week. Uh, so mm. you got to pay up for, for Hawkinson on Fandle. I, I thought I was being smart and cute last week in our four-man that we run for the, for the movie bet, and I had uh, Taysom Hill. I thought that was the sharp play, and I was victory lapping when he scored his touchdown, and then Hawkinson had two touchdowns, and then Kittle, I think, had two touchdowns as well. They both smashed. My, my Taysom play. But uh, what I'm seeing right now, he'll be much more popular this week, uh, Hawkinson, that is, on DK at 5-4, than yeah. Vandal at 7 and, and And Kittle's only 5-9 on DK, so, I mean, if, if, if the, the ownership is dramatically skewed towards Hawkinson, then you just go right back to Kittle. Mm -hmm. Early Especially because, like, that, that, to that total sinking, but 
the 49ers team total continues to increase. Like, I don't think there's any doubt. We all know, like, the 49ers are going to put up points this week. And so if everyone just says, oh, like, positive game script, resting players, like, I think we can actually get a chance to sneak Kittle in there this week. Yeah, and Kittle's been absolute supernova without Debo in mm-hmm. his career. Uh, you know, obviously he played Seattle, so people got there a couple weeks ago, but I had wrote about it in there too. It's like Chris career splits. I mean, he now has been targeted on 29% of his routes and had 29% of the team targets in games with Debo Samuel on the sideline. 3.3 yards per route run without Debo on the field compared to just 1.9 yards per route run with Debo in the game uh, for his career. 14 of his career touchdowns are without Debo Samuel on the field, just eight with him on the field. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, he basically is that guy that we saw when he set the record, right? Like when he, he first set the record for yardage. That's like basically where he's at now these last few weeks. And um, I doubt we see Debo again in this game because why push him? So, Is San Fran essentially locked in their spot? They really can't go up or down, more or less? They can get the two seed, I believe, still, right? Yes. Okay. Can, uh, can they not get the one seed since since the Eagles? They have a 1% chance to get a first-round okay. buy. Okay, yeah. yeah. Because the Eagles, basically the Eagles need to win one of the next two games, which it sounds like why they're trying to rush Jalen Hurts back. But then also, like, the Cowboys play first on Thursday, and the Cowboys can send, win out – and it depends what the Vikings and Commanders do. Also, why this game is interesting for the Vikings and Packers, because if the Eagles win, it the Vikings don't really have a reason to play for higher seeding at all. Uh, so they and they play the afternoon game. So they actually may be motivated oh, to take, take it a little easy. Okay. Okay. So you're saying Minnesota might pump the brakes a little bit. They're playing at 430. If they have their eye on Philadelphia, Philadelphia plays the Saints at one, they should win. The, huh. the, the way I believe it, yes. I, and I was sifting through everything over Christmas weekend and Monday trying to get all the scenarios down. But it does seem like everyone's kind of just waiting on that first game for the Eagles. The only reason the Cowboys are motivated because they play first on Thursday. So they have to win and then just let the weekend take care of itself. The Cowboys needed five things to happen last week, and they all did. So, like, any, I know people say, like, oh, it's, it's out of possibility or, like, you need a lot of luck to happen. Like, Teams are still playing for a lot of luck to happen. So, listen, the Vikings are trying to get Justin Jefferson this record. That too, uh, yeah, that's happening. Yeah, what does he need for the record? About two hundred yards, something like that. He needs like two two thirty, right? Like, yeah, it's it's fewer than what he averages per game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, for what it's worth, uh, early optimals, and it's worth not a ton on a Wednesday afternoon, but it is interesting because we tend to see differently. Uh, DK has like real tight ends hitting the tight end spot. Uh, Hawkinson, Kelsey. <laughs> never, that never happened. Jesus, that's never happens. Yeah, it, it's Hawkinson, Kelsey, Kittle, uh, and, and Dallas Goddard. The first four, basically all all the uh, the ones hitting optimals are actually real tight ends on DK, which just of note, that that's kind of interesting that I just kind of noticed. with our Albert Oakwegmanam's not hitting optimals? He is not. Oh, I did see somebody at just say Albert O season and like, hey, it's the long con, right? With the flop lag <laughs> 17 weeks later. Is he stone men? He has to be minimal. Yeah, right? he's 25. Yeah, okay. is he in the player that's, pool? That's why he's hitting. That's why he's hitting. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I mean, when you talk uh, about if, you're not playing Judy, I guess you could talk yourself in the Albert O. No, I'm not, we're not talking ourselves <laughs> in the Albert O. We yeah. aren't doing it. We aren't doing yeah. it. Fair enough. Uh, we're done with Minnesota and Green Bay, I think. Let's talk about the Jets um, and Seattle. Oh, listen, you got, you got anything else? Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. What, what, I mean, what, what are we doing with the, with the Packers' backfield? I think we're waiting, right? Um, I assume. Yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah, I guess clarity. Yeah, if we know, but Aaron Jones is going to be inactive. Wait, you say inactive? He won't be inactive. 
Yes, but I think I think is that yeah, like they have a they have a real chance to make the playoffs, and he's he's a gamer, whatever you want to call it. But is he actually going to play? And that's like reading the beats and like you know following stuff like that. I think he's going to play too, but I don't know how much he's going to play, and that makes him probably a fragile play. And, and if you want to consider AJ Dillon, I think that's a, certainly more in play. Uh, but again, everything's sort of up in the air, and I don't really know what we can say on a Wednesday afternoon. But feel free to add to that, John. But it's, well, it's some guesswork well, now. Even around Aaron Jones, Dylan has at least three targets in four consecutive games. They may not seem like much, but if we think he's going to get a bulk of the touches because Aaron Jones, who has now been limited in consecutive games, would be limited again after having his ankle rolled on, uh, I think Dylan probably becomes a better play if Aaron Jones is active than anything. We got Brian in chat saying, should I bench Aaron Jones for acres? And like, I don't know, man. Yes. <laughs> yes. What? Yeah. I mean, yes. yeah, I think you have to. Okay. Yeah. I mean, unless Aaron Jones all of a sudden is a miracle in practice. Unless you're like a super dog, like in, like unless you're a dog and you, like you feel like you have to chase like that thirty point outcome. Like, I mean, Cam Akers is in a tremendous spot. Yeah. Uh, it, two, two weeks ago, also he handled fifteen to seventeen running back touches. He has eighty percent of the team's running back touches the past two games. It would have been more against the Broncos if they just weren't up by four scores and benched him to rest him. Like he would have gotten every single touch in that game. He's got six touchdowns his past four games. Uh, over that span, he's he's fourth among all running backs in success rate. He's seventh in rate of runs to go for a first down or touchdown. Uh, the Chargers. Yeah, man. I mean, I think you got to. I think that's where it is. I have I have him acres higher than Aaron Jones uh, in my rankings. I'm sure someone will pull that up, and, you know, at some point. But then clip that. But. If, if, <laughs> if, if Zach Moss can average five and a half yards per carry against the Chargers, Cam Akers will be just fine. All the season long guys are put up on our chat, uh, and they all have acres. Probably. I know we got to stop doing this. We have to stop answering start six. Oh, you're whatever. right. Yeah, yeah. I, well, we're I, yeah, we're setting a slippery slope here. Yeah. Yeah, but like I, I just set up, I set it up, so I don't want the Jacob to be a bit swerved here, you know. But now Travis Etienne versus uh, versus Cam Akers uh, instead of Aaron Jones. Now it's Akers versus Travis Etienne. Uh, who's got a take on this one? Are we just riding Akers all the way? Oh no, man, I'm playing Etienne. Okay. Yeah, coach came out basically and said that like no game is worth nothing. I don't know, that, I'm misquoting it. I, there was there was talk thought that the Jags, you know, who basically have a, a game next week versus Tennessee, winner gets in, uh, that they might throw this game out versus Houston. But not today. I, I, I thought I think that's always been like incorrectly stated for all the Jaguars because everyone says it's only a six percent chance, like on five thirty-eight. One, yeah. Doug, Doug Peterson doesn't know that. And two, <laughs> they can still win and then lose in week 18. That's all you need to know. Like, if you can give yourself yeah. a small chance in week 18 to lose that game and sneak in, of course they're then playing to win this week. So I just thought always that was way overblown. The counter that always was- is anyways, man. It, we, we all get caught in the weeds in this stuff so much. I mean, mm-hmm. even just, again, we're talking about the Vikings. Like, it's week 17. They have two games left. Like, these guys aren't going to be, like, outright sitting a lot of players. Like, it's just not happening. All right, Jets versus Seahawks. Am I the first person to say I'm sure I'm not? Geno Smith, revenge game? Uh, Jets versus Seahawks, 42 and a half is the total. Seahawks getting two points here at home. Mike White versus Geno. Uh, you struggled here, John, and understandably so. The, the board, we have 13 games, but it's quantity versus quality, right? Uh, but w- what can you sell me as far as Seattle and the Jets? We can start with Mike White. Well, let's start with this game overall because, like, we could talk about Giants Colts, but none of us are playing Colts unless it's maybe Jelani Woods. 
we can't talk about Dolphins Patriots because I don't want to talk about the Patriots, especially <laughs> like I could try to sell you on Roger Stevenson, but Stevenson also just murdered everyone in like classic Alexander Madison championship week style to the point where everyone is now disgusted of Ramondre Stevenson completely. So that's a hard sell. Chiefs Broncos, as we talked about, it's just the Jerry Judy game. We can't talk about Chiefs Broncos. So really you just ask what the hell else is a third game to talk about on this slate that might have some pushback. And although I still question what Seattle can do, because we tried to put Marquise Goodwin and Tyler Lockett shoes last week, and we saw how that went. And DK Metcalf did get injured in that game. Otherwise he was soaking up everything. But at least we know how the Jets run their offense with Mike White because in his three starts earlier this year, 43 pass attempts per game, and they were in the top half of the league and pass play rate from neutral game script, basically just revolving all around him. And so now you look across these matchups and we at least know, despite Seattle being a top team and defending receivers from the boundary, we know they move Garrett Wilson enough around for it not to matter because one, he's Garrett Wilson, and two, he averaged 21 and a half fantasy points with Mike White compared to just 8.8 with Zach Wilson this year. And then you look at the other matchups and if Seattle is tough on the boundary and we need some cheapies in our lineup, everyone's trying to save salary here. I do think Corey, De- uh, Elijah Moore is somewhat interesting. He had a 13% target share from Mike White earlier this year, but also Seattle has been burned for the second most touchdowns, 11 to wide receivers from the slot where he's run 70% of his routes from week 12 on in between Corey Davis and Garrett Wilson. So I think there are at least quite a few options here for the Jets offense. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. 
Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Jets uh, still fighting to make the playoffs. 15% Mm -hmm. chance according to 538. Seattle as well. So two teams that have a shot to make the playoffs that aren't in just yet. 27% for Seattle. Rich, what side of this game appeals to you most? We're assuming, I guess, right now, at least projections, I believe, are that Lockett is in. If he's in, he's a good value. We don't know. We'll see. Stay tuned. Uh, you know, we're just Wednesday. But, uh, you know, you want to talk Seattle? Or you want to talk Jets? I think, uh, like Daniel said, I think this game is more like if you want to find an ancillary piece or two for salary, that is fine. I don't know how much ceiling potential there is in this game. Uh, I, I mean, I can't. You, what, what kind of ceiling does Garrett Wilson have? The, the, the Seahawks have allowed 100-yard receiver, and it came in week one. I mean, they've allowed just three wide receivers scoring weeks all season. Like, I, Elijah Moore, solid player from the slot, right? Like, you can get salary and you can get there that way. But spike weeks, I don't I don't see it uh, for anybody in this game. I mean, you look at even the Seattle side, uh, the Jets, they're allowing just, you know, 12, 12 and a half points per game to opposing wide receiver one targets in PPR leagues. Uh, they're not allowing any spike weeks at all either. Like, there's, it's really hard to say, like, this game is – is like a spot where there's someone's going to pop right. And like be a tournament winner. I think you're more looking at like maybe like a Zonovan Knight uh, bouncing back uh, because they face like two terrible game scripts and he doesn't run any pass routes uh, being in maybe a better situation against the Seattle team. That's like been really kind of just thwarted against the run. Um, and you're looking to kind of go that route, but I don't see any ceiling potential for anybody in this game. You have to play one player. Uh, you're not necessarily stacking it, but one player, you know, is like an a la carte piece. Uh, to do another lineup, who would it be? Probably more just based on a salary. And like Dago said, just, you know, if, if I can get, if I can luck box and do a touchdown or if I can have like a six for 60, like I'm that's, that's good. Like what, for what I'm paying. Uh, so I would probably say him, maybe Noah Fant, but I think a lot of people will get there, especially if Lockett's out. Um, and like I said, if any time that a tight end starts to get popular, I'm, I'm immediately out. So it's, especially with uh, Will Disley already put on IR for the year, I'm sure people are going to play Fant. It, I'm in before Colby uh, Parkinson scores two touchdowns. That's going to happen mm. for sure, right? Big dude, man. Yeah, he is a big boy. Uh, and he does get worked in. He's 2-5. Would you rather have Colby Parkinson or Albert O at 2-5? Parkinson, for sure, without a doubt. <laughs> 100%. Just one catch and he's in. He's already good to go. Um, I mean, we got anything else here as far as this game? Like, we'll, we'll talk about our favorite players, you know, amongst the uh, position position, uh, amongst, the, you know, the players that are not in the featured games. We'll do that in a second. Anything else here, John, Rich, before I move on? Yeah, I mean, Tyler Conklin, definitely live. Like, we talked about the George Kittle spot on Thursday Night Football. Travis Kelsey, 6 for 113, same spot last year. And I know Conklin's not Kelsey or Kittle, but, like, remember he averaged six targets, 13.5% target share for Mike White earlier this year. Only the Jaguars have allowed more yards per target than the Seahawks to tight ends. So, uh, yeah, I do think it's a good spot for Tyler Conklin. Everyone's kind of log jamming around the same tight ends. All right, let's uh, let's move on. Let's talk about Thrive, Thrive Fantasy. You can talk to them before. We're going to give some of our favorite picks amongst their prop selection. you got to pick 10 amongst the 20 for their big board, the, the contest we're going to be talking about. I believe it's 50K, 10K up top. Uh, they have, of course, all the other sports as well. If you just want to have uh, two or three props, you can do it that way. Uh, join in on the fantasy prop action this NFL season with Thrive Fantasy. Again, it's easy to play, no salary cap style. Uh, you don't have to worry about Albert O., uh, revolves around an over-under style player prop. 
uh, format where each prop has a fantasy score associated with the prop. The riskier the prop happens to be, the higher the fantasy score. You rack up the most points for your share of the prize pool. Use the promo code GRINDERS, G-R-I-N-D-E-R-S, when you sign up for a deposit bonus up to $250, as well as free tickets. If you're not aware how the free tickets work, you deposit between $100 and $499. You get two free $20 contest tickets. You deposit $500 or more. You get six free $20 contest tickets. Producer Steve on the screen, if you guys are watching on YouTube, of course, John and Ritz, take a peek there. Give us some of your favorite leans on a Wednesday night. Feel free to be as as you want to be. John, you're batting first. What do you like? What's standing out for you? I will start with 78 and a half rush yards over for Saquon Barkley. Uh, you get the 20-point bumper. The Giants have to win this game in order to clinch a po- playoff berth. Um, and it's just that the Colts, like, on the ground is where – they are getting murdered this year. They've allowed 11 rushing touchdowns and Jeff Saturday's six games alone. So big week for Barkley. I imagine he'll be chalked this week as well, knowing the Giants are going to alter their game plans uh, to attack the Colts' front seven. And then we're, we're about to talk about the Dolphins' offense, but I'm still on board with Tyreek Hill over seven and a half total receptions for that little 10-point bonus. I think it's still a pretty sneaky spot here for Bridgewater and company. All right, Rich, see those picks, raise them. I see Aaron Rodgers, uh, 245.5 passing yards, which theoretically should not be that hard against Minnesota, but we've talked about his uh, inability to pass and pass for a lot of yards this year. You're getting 110 points for it, what it's worth. That one was kind of interesting to me. Uh, some names on the board you want to cross out. Derek Carr, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, two expecting the play as well, but you just got to pick 10 of these. Yeah, I think that's the third week in a row they've had a quarterback that ended up being injured on here. So maybe Thrive is a jinx uh, to a number of quarterbacks here. Because I think we had Kyler. I think there was someone last week, too, and then two of this week. Yeah, I can't remember who it was, but it just seems to work out that way for him. But uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence, again, expected to go, expected to not be an issue. We talked about that before. Doug Peterson said that this game matters. So we're assuming they play that game straight up. Uh, Does the – do the Niners play straight up this week? We'll see. Stay tuned on that against the Raiders. How much do they have to play? CMC five and a half receptions. You get a little bit of juice on the over. Does that do anything for you? Uh, it makes sense against the Raiders who have allowed a bunch of receiving points to running backs. But again, you're counting on some game script, right? To get the six catches for a running back. Uh, will there be enough juice to kind of get there? I kind of like Deshaun Watson uh, not to throw an interception uh, for a 40 point swing. I mean, the commanders are 29th in the NFL in interceptions. So take a swing there. I kind of think Deshaun Watson's an interesting tournament play this week too, but I'll save it. Um, it's, oh, it's rough in these streets. Scroll down a little bit. Uh, it, what about Hopkins? 62 and a half receiving yards. He, is, he should get a quarterback upgrade this week with McCoy. Uh, do we like the over for Hopkins? Yeah, for even money, I'm fine with that because he can, you know, he can get nine catches and still get the 62 and a half. Uh, yeah, the, the the pop gun, the the rifle, the BB gun of Colt McCoy. <laughs> uh, Judy to score a t- Judy to score a touchdown at plus forty. Oh, I mean, obviously he's not going to score three again, but we know the way to attack the Chiefs is with wide receiver play for production. So I don't mind that one either. Dalvin Cook over eighty and a half rushing yards could be a spot. Is that an underspot or an overspot? We talk about Minnesota not running yeah. the ball spectacularly. 
Yeah, those are, I mean, it's rough. It's rough out here. Not a lot that I love. <laughs> they're, they're giving you a 110-point bumper on Cam Akers' two touchdowns. They need two touchdowns. But oh, it's 110 points. You get 155 points if he scores two touchdowns. Like, that's – and you really can't bet the under like you can, but, like, what's 45 points? That's not that useful, right? right? Um, but, you know, if, you, if you're feeling froggy, you want to be ambitious, you want to chase that Cam Akers game, I guess you can, but – I don't feel great about it. All right. We, we gave that enough. Uh, check out uh, the promo code again uh, is Grinders Thrive. You get yourself a nice sweet deposit bonus. Let's give our favorite plays position by position. Uh, well, you want to talk about uh, your, your Cleveland uh, Cleveland Browns there, Rich. Go for it. Uh, talk about the Browns. And the they, they're not by Browns. Uh, <laughs> but I will say that for this spot, though, in particular, one, it's, the, it's easily the softest spot that, that Watson's had since he's come back. And, you know, tough, tough matchups and playing in terrible weather, like that's probably going to be kind of alleviated here. Um, just high leverage spots are what's held them back, right? I mean, he's completed just 42% of his passes on third down. That's ahead of just Trace McSorley since he came back. 31.8% uh, of his red zone passes have been complete. Uh, that's last in the NFL. 10% of his deep targets also last in the NFL. Uh, the Browns also have eight drop passes over that span, which is the fifth most in the NFL. So not very, a pretty good run out here, but Washington, by far the best, softest matchup that they've had. Uh, seven point yards for pass attempt. They're 30th in touchdown rate allowed. They are 26th in passing points allowed per attempt. Uh, they're also 23rd in rushing yardage allowed to opposing quarterbacks. So I do think at his price, it is kind of an interesting week and kind of like this jailbreak kind of setting we have. Uh, for fantasy this week that I think that he's definitely I'm going to build some stacks because you can run him back with Brian Robinson really easily uh, so I, I like kind of doing some brown stacks here it's and to your point it's also the landscape of this this week's slate to where you know Patrick Mahomes I guess is the only one we're scared of but even then yeah Josh Allen and Burrow are on Monday night yeah so it's it's just kind of another week where you know we talked about golf we talked about cheap quarterbacks I think the build makes sense what about John the Cheapies, like a Minshew, assuming he draws the start when uh, Daniel Jones coming off a nice game as well. Giants are still battling. I think there was another Cheapy that was kind of sort of somewhat interesting, and I'm losing it. Um, I can't find it for some reason. Hey, oh, Brock Purdy, is, yeah. he, is he kind of interesting? Yeah, although Teddy, uh, Purdy's been more of a floor player, and they have blown yeah. out teams, so they haven't need to push him necessarily, but – I don't know if we're expecting the Raiders, whose team total has now dropped all the way to 17 points, um, who are not only are lost in that Derek Carr benching, is that Josh McDaniel also said that veterans are going to take a step back so they can evaluate their younger players. I don't know if that means Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams. I have no idea. Devontae Adams, anyways, who's seen 26% of targets. He hasn't been a top 50, he hasn't been a top 60 wide receiver his last two weeks since Renfro or Waller returned. Maybe that's not entirely due to Renfro and Waller being back, but like right now it's bad news. So I just really don't have faith in Purdy being forced to push the ball back. Minshew, it is somewhat of a sneaky spot since the past two games, the Saints have performed better on defense, but they also played Deshaun Watson in that cold game and Desmond Reader before that. Whereas before their bye, the month prior, like Brady reached 280 and two touchdowns. Garoppolo hit 220 at a touchdown. Um, they were a little bit leaky before that. So Minshew's maybe sneaky. The Eagles also just allowed him to rear back and throw. Like Sander has 21 carries, but Minshew's still had a 9.9 depth of target, which was seventh highest in the league. So they just let him chunk it downfield. But, but I still think 
Teddy Bridgewater is really interesting here because it's the same splits we talked about with Joe Burrow last week and the Patriots defense being susceptible in the red zone for five games in a row now, but more importantly against above average quarterbacks, they've plummeted. They've been an entirely different defense that looks much better whenever they play Zach Wilson and Mitch Trubisky, like Tua, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, they allowed 18 fantasy points per game, which on the year would be QB9, QB10, a QB1 in fantasy points. And we can then argue that Miami's system, which hasn't been run properly by Tua, who's failed in tough matchups the last month of the season, Miami's system is still better than the Patriots' defense. And so if we're just trying to bring along cheap quarterbacks anyways, we know the targets are only going to two players. It is Tyreek Hill with a 31% target share. It is Jalen Waddle with a 21% target share. The next closest is Trent Sherpa with a 9% target share. So it's just Tua double stacks without Tua against in a soft spot, in my opinion, against the Patriots' defense. So I like Bridgewater a lot. Rich, running backs, you mentioned uh, Robinson. Are we assuming Gibson doesn't go? He's got a couple body parts right now with a knee and a foot, did not practice on a Wednesday. We'll see. Stay tuned. Do you like Robinson either way? Even if yeah, I, I don't think it matters. I mean, he's out touched yeah. him. He's out touched him seventy eight to thirty seven the past yeah. four games. And you saw last week, dude. Against the, the this is the most egregious game plan I may have seen in the NFL <laughs> last week. The, what Washington did against the 49ers. ers uh, I mean, they had a run heavy game plan against the 49ers. and like it wasn't Heineke did for nine yards for pass attempt in that game and got benched. <laughs> he did make it. I mean, it was a, it was a bad interception he threw. But it was like literally the most ridiculous gameplay I've ever seen on first down play calls by Washington. Like they were just running for a yard. They averaged a yard and a half on first down runs and still were just running every <laughs> single first down. They threw the ball in just 19% of their first down plays with Heineke in the game. And they averaged one and a half yards per play. Like what the hell was that? Uh, but now you're getting them. You were getting Robinson as a home favorite uh, against this Browns defense that still can be run on. Uh so I do think that he's like a natural just bring back. And you don't have to play the whack-a-mole game because everyone's going to cite the Carson Wentz splits with Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel and Jahan Dotson's coming on. And, hell, you can even throw Jahan Dotson in there if you want to run him back too. But uh, to me, Brian Robinson's pretty, the pretty easy signal if you're going to try to get cute and, and, and play some brown stacks like I will. He's uh, hit, he's hitting optimals really, really hard right now. He's the third guy in the optimals right now, 40, 46%, just behind Connor and CMC. Right below him, Travis Etienne, Pacheco, Walker, Sanders, Fournette, for what it's worth. Some of the names that are being thrown out there on a Wednesday as far as optimals. Uh, anybody else you want to throw out the conversation or you want to yield to John? Yeah, I mean, I'll leave some guys for him. I will say, obviously, James Conner, you can keep playing. He's just getting so many touches. We talked about Cam Akers. Etienne, too, I think is a, a great play. And then uh, Tyler Algier, man, because like everyone's like everyone wrote about in the waiver wire article, like he's available in all these leagues. But I guess supposedly he is because everyone's checked out. But he's been an RB one in each of his past two weeks. Uh, among all running backs now in the NFL, they have a hundred more carries this season. Algier's first in the NFL in EPA per carry, seventh in success rate per carry, and the Falcons have run the ball. Like I said on everybody. Uh, there have been just three games this season where an Atlanta running back's gotten 60% of the touches, and two of those three weeks have yielded an RB1 score. Um, you we're getting him as, as home favorites against an Arizona team that's allowing 14.1 rushing points per game. Uh, they just faced the Saints and Ravens, so, I mean, it's a better matchup. Uh, he's really cheap. I think he's probably more of a better FanDuel play than DraftKings, but he is cheap enough on DraftKings where I think he is playable. 5-3 on DK, 6-7 on FanDuel, Algier. 
Uh, what do you have, John, as far as some of your favorite running backs? Feel free to double down or just add somebody else to the conversation. Rich, Rich said he was leaving some for me, and then he took all the ones I, he took all the ones I have written down. Uh, Algier, Algier will be chalk. I'll say that. So oh, he me, won't be chalk, man. You don't think so? Like he's he's no pretty cheap. Like he's I like mean, a, Dean just said if if Robinson's popping in the optimals, almost fifty percent. Okay. As a home well, favorite mean, against the Browns. I mean, skinny stacking that game is so easy too because you can go DeAndre Hopkins. You can also go Drake London off of Algier if you want to go that way. So. There, there are lots of ways to get unique with that game. It's interesting. You're just not playing the quarterback, so it's not really worth talking about beyond that. Algier, uh, 9% on DK, 3% on FanDuel for what it's worth, but go ahead. And then we already, as I talked about earlier, Barkley. Uh, I mean, it's just going to be so much running for Barkley here. Uh, and it's the Colts. We have no faith. Everyone watched Nick Foles play on Monday night. I don't need to dunk on him further because everyone's done it already. <laughs> you got anybody else to add? You want? I- I'm going to let you start off receivers and see how uh all of them, I definitely have one. He's not going to name. Uh, okay. Running back will not support it. Uh, hold on, receiver. Yeah. Well, you go first. Uh, well, I mean, my my number one guy that I'm going to jam in is Mike Evans. Like, oh yeah, sure. not supporting, oh. but but tell, talk to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, I'm Mike Evans is Mike Evans is seeing nine point two targets per game over his past nine games. Uh, he also is running into by far the best matchups he's had. And JC Horn's not going to play in this game again. Deontay Jackson, who was available in this game early in the season, has been out since week 10. He's not playing this game. Uh, Carolina, along 8.4 yards per target to opposing boundary receivers. That's the lowest that Mike Evans has faced in a game since week nine. And, and when these teams played early in the season, he had 15 targets, seven, he caught nine for 96. He dropped a 70 yard touchdown that he would have walked in on. Nobody's gonna play Mike Evans. I'm going. I'm a hammer Mike Evans. I'm jam. I might go 100 Mike Evans. This is Martin Gale style, yeah. isn't that? He's due. Yeah. I mean, I, I it, it's a must win game. They're gonna throw the football. I'm I'm hammering Mike Evans this week. I'm I'm dropping my stamp on Mike Evans. My one time. Will he is be he in the four man? Is he live player? Yeah. <laughs> and I knew no. And I don't think I can talk. I can scream to play Mike Evans. I'll drop some tweets. You know, and nobody's gonna play him. Thank you. I appreciate it. No, thanks. You know, that, that, yeah, that's no, what nobody cares. Uh, you move the needle, you know, you, to some degree. It'll go from 3% to 7% or something. Who knows what it'll be. But I, uh, I'm no Evan Silva. I, can't, I don't have the juice, man. <laughs> what, do, what do you have here, uh, John, as far as some of your uh, receivers? He left you a lot. Just took Evans. <laughs> he did, although I, I don't really have a lot of receivers here on the board because we talked about a lot of the high-priced guys already we're playing. Um, as Unlike when we talked about Isaiah Hodgins' matchup being better last week for the Giants, I think Richie James's matchup, if you can't afford Saquon Barkley, is the better one this week. Um, the Colts from the slot have allowed the eighth most receiving yards per game. That, of course, is where Richie James plays. He also led the team in target still. He just wasn't the one with the touchdown. We talked about that with Hodgins soaking up team highs and end zone targets the past month. Um, Rashid Shahid, I think is still live here, especially if you are thinking the Eagles push back because it's Shahid who even the cold had that 33% target share 441 receiving, not much passing going on. Andy Dalton only had 15 dropbacks. So it's not like a lot was going to be done in that game, but with Kamar a little banged up, Chris Olave returned to practice Wednesday. Maybe he's limited. I think Shahid can still get snuck in as a big play specialist with volume. And then I actually had uh, Russell Gage over uh, Mike Evans uh, because the last three games, Russell Gage is tied with Evans and Godwin actually for 18 targets, 20% target share, has more red zone and end zone targets in that span than both 
of the other players. Yeah, he's hurt though, and and the routes just aren't there for Gage. I tried yeah. to get there for him. I it, he seems very thin. Did anybody? Boy, shout out to uh, John last week. You took a stand. You said Hodgkins is the guy over Richie James. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, on this show, you said Hodgkins is the guy, and ownership all got there well, except for Slayton, man. If uh, yeah. if Rich is flag planting Mike Evans, then week seventeen is no better week for me to flag plant Richie James. So there you go. We're going back. <laughs> go back to it. Uh, Brandon Cooks will be super popular in DraftKings, especially if people that play ETN. Uh, he came back and uh, had a high target share. He still he, he still only has target. He's only beat sixty yards in three games this season, but at four point eight, he'll be popular. I think London will be popular. Uh, that's another more of I think cash game play. The Cardinals have also, they're another team. They only have 100 yard receiver all season. They just don't give up a lot of spike weeks to wide receivers. So I, I, his price is just too cheap though. It's amazing what happens when you actually have actual dropbacks though. And those target shares can now turn into something. I'm actually really excited, Rich, about your tournament lineups because Deshaun Watson, Brian Robinson, and Mike Evans is like you're either going to the, you're going to the top or you're getting scorched. Happy like New Year's, baby. No middle, no middle for you this week. Happy New Year's. Style, right? It's week I 17, it. man. Live a little bit. I uh, love it. I think it's great. Yeah, happy, it's happy New Year's. We're going to wake up. We're going to wake up in a stupor and watch some uh, Commander's Browns. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't watching that. I'm buying a Red Zone or Netflix. And, uh, I don't know what my options are. Hey, in the chat, they're asking about still minimum still. Uh, are we chasing this Greg Dortch? Was that a product of, I guess, I, Brown might have been um, reprimanded to some degree. Also, he's kind of injured to some degree. Well, how real was Dorch last week? 11 targets. How much was that of their quarterback? Have the ability to throw the ball only like seven yards. Um, 3K on DK. Is that is that usable, John? Or is that just like you know one week and then we're moving on? I believe the report was Marquise Brown was using his cell phone in a meeting, and that's why he was benched for the first half and only played okay. 60, 66% of snaps. But he still came off the bench and like, you know, at least from Trace McSorley, the, the plan was to hammer whoever the slot was with targets because McSorley couldn't get to the ball to the boundary. Like, DeAndre Hopkins had one catch on 10 targets. That wasn't happening, which is why it's the bounce-back week. If you're not playing James Conner, who's in an amazing spot, you are going back to Hopkins from Colt McCoy. And I, like I will Colt say, McCoy though, about Dorch, uh, that role in the offense has kind of been the one constant that's been good. Like, the, mm-hmm. the slot role for the Cardinals has been amazing. They're second in the NFL in slot receptions. Only the Buccaneers are higher. Uh, because Godwin gets 300 like just short bunny targets per game, it feels like. But whether it's been Dorch or Rondell Moore, like whenever they've kind of had one of these guys, like in the in the lineup, they've been good. And Dorch, anytime they've gotten extended run, has been really solid. It just you're trying to use the crystal ball of like, is he actually going to be playing? Uh, yeah. Because for two weeks in a row, they played AJ Brown or AJ Green over him. Uh, but he's been really good anytime they called upon. He's going to be an interesting guy, I think, uh, in free agency to kind of see what happens. He's been really good. And, and of course, the last the issue is that the two games before Marquise Brown got benched, um, he was running 68% of his routes from the slot. So that's why he was the guy for targets instead. Yep, yep. Yeah, I mean, uh, th- this this wide receiver class in free agency is an absolute dud. Uh, so, like, DJ Shark, and, like, I'm talking to myself, I'm like, well, where's Greg Darch going to go? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't looked ahead that far. Is that like it? Like who else? There's got to be somebody else. That's Shark is by far the best available free agent wide that's receiver. Wild! I can't believe that's well. The that case. entire 2019 class, everyone got resigned. Like everyone got new deals. What did Sharks on like a one year deal? Yeah, or he had a one year. He had like a one okay. year tenor. 
Well, he, well, smart move by his agent or Char, whoever thought of it. Like, I mean, as far as the competition, he's you don't have to be that pretty, but if, the, if you're the only option, right? Oh, yeah. Um, good for money him. to spend out there. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk. Uh, speaking of a lot of not a lot of options, tight end. Uh, we, we talked about Hawkinson earlier in the show. Uh, you know, you could spend up on Kittle. You could spend up on Kelsey. We, you can spend all the way down on the great Albert O and the Denver Broncos. John, I'll let you go first as far as your favorite tight ends. Who do you want to well, I mean, we've already talked about Tyler Conklin. If you're spending down, he's only 2,900 on DraftKings, which is pretty surprising. Um, he may be touchdown or bust, but he has a higher ceiling with Mike White than that. Uh, who the hell else do I have on my list? I guess you can keep going back to Evan Ingram in that middling range, 4,400, considering they literally concertedly scheme his targets for him. Like even in the rain on Thursday, he was practically one of the safest plays, knowing that they designed plays for him to get him one-on-one against linebackers since he's just the more athletic player. I have to talk about Daniel Bellinger every week since he played a season high in snaps, ran a season high in routes, and it didn't matter, but he's there if you want to go cheap. And then you can keep going back to Tyler Higby because uh, Baker Mayfield doesn't throw to anyone else. So there's that. Rich, your thoughts as far as some tight ends? uh, You got the scraps. What's left for you? Yeah, it's pretty gross out there. I think yep. we'll end up seeing Fant be popular. Uh, definitely we'll monitor the Kittle versus Hawkinson ownership uh, towards the end of the week. I'll definitely be glued to that. I think Ingram is by far the best Jaguars pass catching play if you're going the, if you're going for a pass catcher in that direction. He had 10 targets against Houston earlier in the season too. Houston's absolutely awesome against slot receivers. Desmond King's been one of the better players this year. Uh, Christian Kirkland, I think, only caught one pass in that game earlier in the year against them. They shut down CeeDee Lamb a couple weeks ago. Uh, they've been really awesome against interior wide receivers. So I do think Ingram's probably the best Jaguars guy to play in that game. And then, uh, I mean, yeah, listen, we'll try to catch some flop lag with Njoku too, right? Like his targets have been there. Like he's, he's getting targeted on 21% of his routes from Watson, which is right on par with what he was getting from Jacoby Brissett. Uh, just, you know, if they played Baltimore in the cold the, the week last week, he, he probably should have had a touchdown. He dropped last week, too. Him and Cooper both dropped touchdowns. Oh, DPJ dropped a touchdown in that game, too. So they, they all spread the wealth. Um, but we just seen, you know, the George Kittle light up Washington. So we might, if we're going to do a run back with Watson, maybe we do uh, Njoku instead of a wide receiver. And the chat mentioned Jelani Woods, who I talked about earlier. Uh, yeah, he's now. Yeah, if Granson don't play, fire yeah. up. He's seen 21.8% of Indy's targets in the two games that Granson has been out. Granson didn't practice at all last week, so we'll have to see if he's able to turn around for this week, um, which is hilarious considering Woods has literally just seen 5% of the team's targets in the games that Granson's played. They either only use him or do not use him at all. You also, we were chat. talking about James Conner. Like, his, his usage doesn't make any damn sense, right? Like, we have a nope. guy that's like historically broken down anytime he's gotten like any type of like big volume like this and they're playing for nothing. And like, he's just out here getting just t- like touch on touch on touch. Man. It's wild. After an extension. Of free agent? No, he's no. It, that's why I said they, I thought they might try to use some preservation because he's 10 million next year. Like he's on the team. So it's that's like, weird. why are you grinding him out? Yeah, he signed till 2024, and like that's a good point. I don't know. Maybe they'll give him a reprieve next week, or maybe it just pop up this week, and we just don't see it coming. But it is weird that why would you want to grind this guy into the ground when theoretically you're married to him the next two seasons? We're supposed to finish strong. A guy that like historically just hasn't stayed healthy, so it's like this would be the time to like see what Keontae Ingram has, right? But that's not happening at all on any level. 
We also just got the news that uh, the Titans are, in fact, resting pretty much all their starters on Thursday, which we kind of figured. Do they have healthy guys left to sit besides Derrick Henry? <laughs> I don't know. But everyone's like, they're going to sit people. I'm like, well, who, who who out there, man? Like, who out there are they, they sitting? Yeah, who are their bad receivers that they're going to play? Like, they're, they got to they gotta rest and preserve, like, Robert Brooks and right. NWI. Well, right. I think they have to play those guys because you have to try to – get Malik Willis to do something right. Like, mm-hmm. and you're not going to tr- trot Malik Willis out there with, you know, Racy McMath, who Dean is still trying to figure out. He's a real player. I still don't <laughs> believe that. Real, I need a group of life. Of Racy you find out Thursday. <laughs> I but like you're trying, like they have to try to coax something out of Malik Willis, not only for the off season, but like to try to salvage the season. It's like, so like trotting Malik Willis out there with a bunch of just vagabonds, like seems not optimal, but Hey, I understand not wanting to play Derrick Henry though. Yeah, that, that makes a ton of sense for basically their season on the line against Jacksonville week 18. It's the theme of the show. Uh, you know, teams or people are out there and their championship as far as season-long stuff. I know how much John loves answering start sick questions on a Wednesday. We have a couple more before we hit the road and get out of here. Uh, John, I'll let you go first here as far as a quarterback. What? Yeah, wants what, to know. what are we doing? I have to answer start sit. I thought we were getting a movie. Oh, uh, oh, that's right. We get, well, yeah, that's right. Oh, well, let's knock this out first. Movie's right? more important than start set. Okay, well, I, I already teased it up. I don't. Okay, Dak or golf? Who do you like, Dak or golf this week? Yeah, I actually, <laughs> you know, ca- Cowboys have averaged forty points per game since Dak returned from injury, and some of those are uh, defensive scores, but you don't average forty by accident. Having said that, it's such an ugly situation that I think I actually do go golf now. It feels safer, right? And I don't know about you guys, but I feel like it's it's torture if, if like, Dak goes off on Thursday. You already feel like you lost. My problem, you is, my problem with start sits, Dean, is that it's situations like this, Dak or golf, where if we had another year and we thought about it every minute of the day, of every day for that year, <laughs> we, we, would, we wouldn't be able to decipher the fractional points. So when it's like the QB6 or QB7, I just tell everyone it doesn't matter. Just literally play one. Like, because you're yeah, never yeah. going to figure you're, it out. You're talking about two guys that are split and very rarely does fantasy games, you know, we get caught in the weeds this all the time, but very rarely are actual fantasy games close, right? Like yeah. it, it's kind of an outlier. So like a, a lot of these decisions end up not being the decision that makes or breaks you. Um, hopefully that, that doesn't mean like Dak has 10 and golf has 30 though, but right. Yeah. I go golf. It it feels like a game where like, how much does Dak have to do right against Tennessee and they can just run the ball. Yeah. But the thing we know they're not going to run the ball. Dallas is not going to run the ball. Yes. I mean, they're going to run the ball in the second half for carries and clock, but like the, you're not going to get over on the Titans with points by running the ball. Yeah, that's a good – yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, and if but, Pollard ends up not playing, they're definitely not going to grind out Zeke for efficient drives. That, that's <laughs> why – travel I, for what it's worth. That's what I'm kind of hoping that Josh Jacobs just gets, like, scratched late and everyone goes to minimum Zamir White because uh, he's not going anywhere. They, oh, no. The, the 49ers lot isn't going to budge for him, but everyone's going to play him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned the movie, John. You won the movie contest last week. That's the that's the it. That's the we gave you an hour and fifteen minutes as far as analysis. Hour fifteen, six hours 15. earlier than normal. I think we did fine. Yeah. Uh, if you if you don't want to hear us talk about movies for a few minutes, appreciate it. Thanks y'all watching. Hit that like button, subscribe, turn on notifications. Happy New Year. Let us know in the comments that you want us to do this for playoffs because uh, you know that's kind of where we're at right now. We're probably gonna do it, but it's also nice to get a little. At least there. the first week we'll be here. We're gonna do it. Yeah. 
Well, you know, we're, it's, well, we'll see. If, if they say don't, if they all just say don't. No, Listen, I'm the good. show is called Pick Six, and there's six games Wild Card Weekend. It's if it's tailor made, <laughs> we're back. We're here Wild Card Weekend. I'm trying to manufacture some sort of like a interaction. <laughs> John, tell the people how you took down the four man last week. I am pulling it up for producer Steve if he wants to jump on here right now and get it up. Uh, we talked about most of the plays, honestly. The Burrow doubles. Once I saw that both T. Higgins and Jamar Chase were going to be quite low rostered, and I, I mix up. I sometimes just get lazy and play my tournament lineups in our four man, um, which also tells you I don't do well in the four man. So I'm not doing well in tournaments the last month too. But yeah, we did that. I ended up looking for cheap Chiefs running backs. And just thought, okay, I can see a scenario where both players get there. So I'm actually just going to play both of them rather than trying to choose. And then Rich and I, we discussed the skinny stack possibilities around Washington, San Francisco. So Ayuk over Kittle played Noah Fant cheap, thinking maybe Will Disley's injured. But either way, Noah Fant was interesting against the Chiefs in a runback situation. And then, yeah, Dotson over McLaurin, just because that's what fit, honestly. And then... The Texans, uh, I like the Texans to win outright anyway that game since they've been playing better over the last month of the season. So it's just kind of a defense that I thought was pretty sneaky compared to the chalk that was going on. How close was it? I forget. I feel like you ran by at least uh, 10 points ahead of the field. Well, me and Steve had Geno stacks, so. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. Are we we going back to Geno early? And Fant? Fant wasn't a good play. He just no, got the he, touchdown. he sucked out. Yeah, he sucked yeah. out. Absolutely <laughs> vultured that fourth quarter touchdown. I am very aware. Don't worry. I, I always feel like the, this encouraged me to get weird. I was trying to make weird lineups. I think Steve, producer Steve, pushes me to want to make a weird play because we both played Noah Gray. I was so mad he played Noah Gray. I oh, so I didn't even off. see you played him too. Damn. I was so pissed off he played Noah Gray. 50% own Noah Gray. Small sample size, but still like, kind of weird. <laughs> what did I miss? But Noah he caught him past the first play of the game, and I was so excited. And I was like, Steve's got him too. No. <laughs> as good as good as Burrow was too, there were there were 12 points left on the board there. Like Jamar Chase had one. He should have caught in man coverage. And then yeah, Irwin uh, almost had a third. Yeah. Burrow, Burrow fingertips on Irwin. Like it should have, it should have landed perfectly. Yeah, someone yeah, in the chat I, wrote about Jacoby, and I think Dean played Jacoby Myers and caught that Hail Mary. It's, I was betting on instant redemption, man, the redemption game for him. He got it right back. On it, Draft, it was never a doubt. That was a karma play for sure. Yeah. On DraftKings, <laughs> I played Aguilar just because it was 3,300. It was a cheap pivot off Richie James. And, um, of course, that's the game that Aguilar got put back on the bench for Kendrick Bourne, who looked awesome. So nobody watched my movie this week. We're going to do a double feature next week just because yeah. of the time change. Got to screw stuff up. I was going to watch it during this time we're recording now, but we yeah. moved the show. Yeah, so we'll Pretty talk nice. about both movies next week. The Invisible Guest. If you guys want to play along at home, uh, rent yourself The Invisible Guest. It's phenomenal. Anybody by chance watch it yet, or we kind of delayed it for everybody across the board? I, w- I was going to watch it Tuesday night, but then I knew I'd forget it by the time we talk next week. So I'm saving it for over the weekend. All right, John, are you going to be kind or are you going to turn heel on us? So what are you going to give us as far as uh, a movie to watch? Uh, theoretically, the rules are it's a movie you like. Uh, so, yeah, uh, have you debated? Do you have uh, several options? What are you going to, what are you going to assign for homework for uh, the three of us? Unlike the three of you who are very kind souls, <laughs> oh, no. uh, I, I am not giving options. Um, oh. Also because we have limited time. But I also want to get back. Because everyone usually suggests, if you look at the chat, if you look at Twitter, everyone suggests sports movies. And 
I think a lot of sports movies are kind of lame, honestly. Uh, like, uh, what's the what's the Notre Dame one? Brian Song is that? No, that's the one. Rudy. Like, Rudy. Uh, Rudy. Rudy's awful. Uh, Rocky. Is no, it's a good movie. Obje- Stop it. Uh, Rocky is objectively terrible movie. Uh, <laughs> but but I think a fun one that everyone would have a great time with, and we could we could keep pivoting because Sideways was more of a serious but amazing movie. We had just an amazing artwork piece in Spider-Verse. Um, I My son like, loved the picture, by the way. He was excited. It was a great picture. Uh, Rich, by the way, everyone, because he showed us on Twitter, bought his son a artwork, a photo from the Spider-Verse movie. It's incredible. So I think we should get to the, one of the greatest sports movies of all time. That is The Longest Yard Remake with Adam Sandler. Oh, no. Stone Cold Steve Austin, <laughs> Goldberg, Nelly. Burt Riddles, Kevin Nash, Chris Rock, Michael <laughs> Irvin. I could go, Nelly, Nelly. I could keep going on and on and on. It is one of the greatest sports movies of all time. It's Still not even the greatest out. sports movie named The Longest Yard. <laughs> it is absolutely the best version of The Longest Yard. And it's the most fun you'll have watching a sports movie. Is it, is it even the best Adam Sandler sports movie? Uh, I, haven't, no. I haven't seen Hustle yet. Uh, Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore's better. Um, but you know the rules are the rules, and then, you know you're the king of the castle this week. And yep, yep. And we, we can't uh, we can't argue it. I remember but, like uh, the football game kind of being all right, like shot all right, like they did okay with the football scenes. It's, it's not even Lawrence Taylor's. Isn't Lawrence Taylor in the movie too? No. Am I wrong? It's like. There, uh, I'm confusing him on any given Sunday. There is another. That's any given Sunday. Yeah. Okay. I can't remember either. It's been a while since I've seen it. He saws a car in half in any given Sunday. <laughs> maybe that's a should, great football movie. Maybe we should have watched any given Sunday, but that's too good. We need to go to the longest <laughs> remake. Courtney Cox, great Kali. I can keep going. It's the best cast you'll ever see in your life. The great Kali. That's right. He does make an appearance. He's like, oh, oh the great Kali is in that movie. See. So now you're there are a lot of wrestlers in that movie. Now you're interested. Terry Crews is in it. I forgot about that. Yep. Hell yes, he is. Yep. Just the oh, fact, Bob Sapp. Well, I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil anything. Joey Diaz. Okay. Tracy Morgan. I forget. I haven't seen it in a long time. A lot of great names. I'll, I'll give you that. Awesome cast. It is stacked. See? Oh, Sandler's getting his boys always, man. They're always coming together when he calls calls yeah. on them. Rich, Richie Small says he'd rather, rather watch the replacements again. Hell no. No. Follow the rules, Richie. We're watching the longest <laughs> Not the first version. That one's not good. Go to the remake with Adam Sandler. That's the assignment for this week. I will uh, Shane Falco like negative talk here. I mean, how, how dare you besmirch the replacements? And yes, Gary Maguire was better too. But like, that's not what – that's not John's goal <laughs> to give us the best movie. No. I don't um, think. <laughs> and the replacements was really good. Yes. Uh, also, it was if, fun. If we were allowed TV assignments, I would assign everyone to go see Friday Night Lights immediately because it's one of the greatest TV shows ever created. Um, and yeah, that's about it. I've watched every episode of Friday Night Lights, with the exception of the last episode of Friday Night Lights, which is the weird. I don't know why I did that, but that's what I did. I'll watch it one of these. It's days. got a good series finale too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very strange thing. It doesn't make any sense. Last Boy Scout. They're talking on the chat. Is that the one where like? Damn, that's uh, like, Bruce Willis and David Wayans. Yeah, and like somebody's got a gun in the field, I feel. Is that yeah, spoiler? Yeah. Okay. Dude. Little Giants is a classic. Don't get me started on the annexation of Puerto Rico, the most ridiculous defensive play of all time. Uh, Blue Chips was a classic. Yeah, shout out to Shaq and Penny Hardaway uh, and I, Nick Nolte. I think 
uh, the greatest game ever played, the golf movie with Shia LaBeouf, is also really good. But it's like a seriously good sports movie. Shia LaBeouf's in a good golf movie? Yeah, yeah. The greatest game ever played? Really? Hell yeah. yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. I've never seen it. It's a solid movie. It's my favorite golf movie. Uh, I think I, I think Tin Cup is highly overrated. It's not that huh. great. That was an eight, right? Was the most memorable eight or something like that? Is it like a famous line for that movie? Uh, uh, I haven't there, seen that there are quite a bit. You got to let the big dog eat. He he didn't shoot Nate. He shot like a 22 <laughs> on the last hole or something like that and yeah. was considered an American hero. That's the best part. Yes. Uh, Major League is the best sports movie, by the that's, way. That is, is it? it is good. Yes, it still uh, holds up. The answer for me, I believe it's Moneyball. I think Moneyball is the best sports movie of all time. How about that? I think Moneyball is really good. Yeah, the book is really good. I'm happy to see the meme come back, the Moneyball meme. Which one? There's there's so many. Well, the this is the the this is the player. This is Scott Hatterberg, and I love the yes. memes that people have gotten really good at those, and uh, they are very enjoyable. No, Major yeah. League Two is absolutely trash. Carlos will not stand for this. <laughs> <laughs> Carlos, is the, excellent. Back to the minors, the buzz. Remember the buzz? That's, uh, <laughs> who? That's Walter Goggins. Is uh, back to the minors. He's the power hitter. Is it? He's a yeah. power hitter and major. He's, he's the star. He's like the main. He's like the main star of the minor league team. That's like the. Power, it's like one of his first movie roles. I had no idea. Like I know the guy from Twenty Four is Pedro Serrano, right? The guy that sells his Allstate. Uh, yeah, you know? David Palmer. The yeah. the best is it number two or the minors where they tell the catcher they're That's sending two. Him, That's they're, two. They're, they're sending him to Triple A and he hey, says the line. He says the line. They're sending me to Omaha and I don't even live there. He can't throw a ball at the second base, correct? And he's like a back to the pitcher, board, I believe. Yep. He can't throw it back to the pitcher. What about the Hernan Gomez movie? Yeah, that was good. The Sandler movie. I can't remember the title. Yeah, of Hustle's it. good. You should watch Hustle. Solid I'll Hustle. watch Hustle. Good. But I won't watch it this week because we were watching The Longest Yard That's right. and The Guest. Yeah. Invisible the Guest. Invisible uh, Guest. Feature for you guys. Um, yeah, this, this will be fun. We'll, I, I want to win it this week. To re- Maybe I'll uh, give like a real good sports movie as a redemption. But uh, we'll see. I, I'm going to see your your uh, your movie, John, and then raise it's you. Great movie. Yeah, I mean. Well, Dean, let's get off here so uh, you can you can see if UCF can come back. Uh, yeah, it's not looking good, is it? Yeah, they're down at the after three. Okay, yeah, we've been on way too long. Appreciate it, Dingle. Tell the people where they can find you. At four for four, and we are running a sale. Literally, corporate has made the sub four dollars and forty four cents for the rest of the season that's a lot of fours to say but through the super bowl with all of our dfs content all of our betting content as well all of the discord content where i go in there and do chats for betting and dfs literally four dollars 44 cents if you ask to start sit in this chat get your ass over there and get a sub rich uh alan reeves on twitter sharp up analysis uh you can see this show um every every wednesday with my guys daigle and dean including the playoffs Including yeah. Wild Card Weekend. Pending all, a lot of likes and some positive talk in the conversation. We'll see. All right. That was Rich. Uh, for Rich. For Producer Steve. For John. For my UCF Knights. For Albert O. For the, the Longest Yard. For Giannis Antetokounmpo. This was the NFL Pick 6 Show. Week 17. Good luck if you're playing season long. If, it's, if this is a championship, take something down. Just win something in DFS. Championship every single week. That's it. That was the show. Get out of here. We're out of here. Holler.